God that he was willing and to say yes. So all God wants is a yes. And I believe God's going to honor him as he brings forth and shares some thoughts with you tonight. Give him a hand tonight. Yeah, uh, Jay told me about uh, noon or around one today that I was going to do this. And I was like, hey, sure, why not? I had something on my heart uh, anyway, so I'm just going to share what I had on my heart. Um, I've been listening because I've been working, well, student teaching up in uh, Richmond in the mornings. I got about an hour, 45 minutes to an hour drive up to the high school there. And I've just been setting that time aside to pray and just to listen to some preaching and just spend that time with the Lord because it's the only time I really get when I'm as busy as I am now with school, working, student teaching, all on top of everything, trying to balance everything. And there was a, a preaching that, or a sermon that I listened to and he taught on um, the woman with the issue of blood. And it, uh, it was in a light that I never really thought about. So I went home and I grabbed my Bible uh, when I got home around 10 o'clock that night, I grabbed my Bible and I looked up the woman with the issue of blood. And it's in there, I think, three times in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And I was reading in Matthew, uh, the verse 20 through 22 there. And it, um, a little backstory Jesus was uh, with his disciples, and uh, Jairus, um, someone who was high up in the church, yeah. um, came to Jesus and said, My daughter's sick. Uh, she's lying ill. Um, I need you to come heal her. So Jesus uh, followed him, and so did his disciples. And it reads in verse 20, it says, And behold, a woman which was diseased with an issue of blood for 12 years came yeah. behind him and touched him, the hem of his garment. Yeah. And could you imagine just for 12 years so, you ne to suffer? You never hear really in those three places where they talk about this woman. You never hear her name. Yeah. For 12 years she was ailed with this this issue yeah. and it just stuck out to me I never really thought about it like this yeah. for 12 years she wasn't called by her name her name may have been Mary her name may have been like Teresa I don't know what her name was <laughs> but on. for 12 years she was known as the woman of the issue of blood could you yeah. imagine walking around every day and being called oh I'm this man with the issue of depression I'm the man yeah. with the Come issue on. of fear yeah. I'm the Come man on. of the issue with pain I'm the main man with the issue of just not being enough for anybody. Yeah, I'm just, I couldn't Good imagine thought. that. She's just with the issue of blood. And yeah. it says, and that's all she was known for. And if you keep reading, it says in verse 21, For she said within herself, I may but touch his garment, I shall be whole. But Jesus turned about, and when he saw her, he said, Daughter, be of good comfort. Thy faith hath made thee whole. And the woman was made whole from that hour. You know, I, the world and society may look at me and be like, oh, that's just, that's just him. Oh, he's, he's got this issue. Oh, he's got this. But I'm not what society calls me. I'm what God calls me. And God calls me that's right. a son. Yes. God, I'm his child. That's right. I'm a daughter. I'm a son of God. That's right. Come and that, that thought just stuck with that's me good. all throughout the week. And I'm just glad I could share that with you guys tonight. Yeah. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you. Amen. That's right. Thank God that He doesn't know us by our sin or our ailment. 
but he calls us sons and daughters and even joint heirs with his son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Give Cameron another hand clap for sharing. It's a good thought tonight. And we're going to talk a little bit about issues in our message tonight. If you will, turn to Judges chapter 15. Judges chapter 15. It's good to see Katie in the house tonight. So good to see you visiting with us. This is home. Um, I know she may have a different address now in a different state, but um, I, can, I think I feel safe in speaking that for her, that this is home, and we love her, and it's good to see her tonight. But Judges chapter 15, we're going to begin reading in verse number 9. It says in verse number 9, Then the Philistines went up and pitched in Judah and spread themselves at Lehi. And the men of Judah said, Why are you come up against us? And they answered, To bind Samson. Someone say, To bind. To bind Samson are we come up. To do to him as he hath done to us. Three thousand men of Judah went to the top of the rock of Etam and said to Samson, Knowest thou not the Philistines are rulers over us? What is this that thou hast done unto us? And he said unto them, As they did unto me, so have I done unto them. And they said unto him, We are come down to bind thee, that we may deliver thee into the hand of the Philistines. And Samson said unto them, Swear unto me that ye will not fall upon me yourselves. And they spake unto him, saying, No, but we will bind thee fast and deliver thee unto their hand. But surely we will not kill thee. And they bound him up, or they bound him with two new cords, say bound. And he brought, and brought him up from the rock. And when he came unto Lehi, the Philistines shouted against him. And the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him. And the cords that were upon his arms became as flax that was burnt with fire. And his bands loosed from off his hands. And he found a new jawbone of an ass, and he put forth his hand and took it, and he slew a thousand men therewith. And Samson said, With the jawbone of an ass, heaps upon heaps, heaps. With the jawbone of an ass, I have slain a thousand men. And it came to pass when he had made an end of speaking that he cast away the jawbone out of his hand and he called the place Ramath-Lehi. And he was sore athirst and called on the Lord and said, Thou hast given great deliverance into my hand, into the hand of, my, of thy servant, and now I shall die for thirst and fall into the hand of the uncircumcised. But God clave and hallowed place that was in the jaw, and there came water thereout. And when he had drunk, the spirit came, and he revived. 
Wherefore, he called the name thereof En Hakkor, which is in Lehi until this day. And he judged Israel in the days of the Philistines 20 years. God, we come before you tonight. We thank you for your word and its anointing and its power. Lord, I ask that your spirit would come and help us preach tonight what I feel in my spirit, what I feel that you've placed there. And Lord, we ask that we don't come with enticing words of men's wisdom, but in demonstration and power of your Holy Spirit. I pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Familiar character for us that have been raised in the church. Samson, we know him as a man shrouded with great victories, but yet shrouded with great failures and defeats. But I want to focus in just on this story for a moment because I believe the Lord has placed something in my heart, especially for the young people here tonight. I know as pastor preached this Sunday about keepers of the oil, how this generation is the generation I believe is going to see a move of God that that has never been seen before and you can say how how can you say that how do you believe that there's just something in my spirit that tells me daily that there's more for this generation to see and do than other generations have saw or done I believe that and I, I, I want to go along with pastor today and speak to this generation but I believe it's also a lesson that we can all learn as a corporate body a principle that I want to teach you tonight uh, something a uh, perspective if you will of where we are as a church body and as as the body of Christ here in America and in our nation you know we have seen God move over the last few months and we've always we, we, we talk about that and listen I never want to get over what God has done I love what God has done, but I don't want to live in the past. I, I, I believe God for more, and I believe God for better, and I believe God for greater. And we've seen the miraculous healing power of God in this house. We've seen His Holy Spirit poured out on these young people in this house. Uh, we've seen young people stand with boldness and declare the Word of God and declare the things of God as the Spirit moved upon them and in them. And we've seen these great acts that they have done in our midst. But I, I, as I preached last week, I believe the cry for this generation and the cry for the church as a whole has to be, we want more. There's better for us. There's greater for us. There's more for us. God isn't done with us. We have not arrived at, at a plateau. We have not made it to a certain place in God and we're just going to stop there. But there's something at the other end. There's something on the other side, if you will. And that's what I want to preach on tonight to you is on the other side, just on the other side. We see here in this, this, this picture, this background, that a soldier crossing over a battlefield. He, he's muddy. He may be tired and exhausted from what's going on in his life. Uh, and we're soldiers. We, the Bible tells us that we are to put on the whole armor of God. You don't need armor and you don't need weapons unless you're a soldier. And, and we see that there is a battlefield and a battle that is coming. And I believe is already here to the people and the church of God in America. The enemy has raised up his head and said, listen, you've had moves of the Spirit. God is starting to work in your life. Uh, 
but I can't stand for it. But I want to tell you that there is revival, there is restoration, there is regeneration, there is something more on the other side of this battle. There is something more on the other side of the issue that you're going through. There's something on the other side of this valley that you're walking through. There is a victory that you have not known or felt or seen before but if you will just put your head down and say I'm going to endure hardness as a good soldier and I'm going to fight the fight of faith whether I feel it, whether I like it, whether I don't like it, no matter what's going on in my life, God there is something on the other side of the situation that I'm going through. The Bible tells us in this chapter and we see that uh, that, that Samson Samson is in a predicament. If you read in chapters previous, the Lord has moved upon his life. The Bible says that the Spirit had, had began to move on him as even a child. And he had done great acts. He had killed a lion. And, and we find that he destroys the crops of the, the Philistines in the first eight verses of this chapter. He, he's a man of war. He's a man of strength. He's a man of power. And God wants to use him. God wants to make him and mold him. God, God is using him as a vessel of, of his righteousness and of his power and of his glory. He, He's using him as an instrument for his, his very will to be done. And we find that as the Spirit begins to move, and as I said earlier, the enemy will not just stand and let the Spirit move unopposed in your life. And it's the same way with Samson. We find in this chapter, the Philistines have said, listen, we're going to do to him what he has done to us. And young people in church, I want you to know the last few weeks, the last few months, I believe that we have shaken the gates of hell itself and have let him know that hey this church in Connersville, Indiana is awake and we're ready and we're willing to do whatever God tells us to do and that we know that we have the keys they've been given to us that we can bind on earth and it'll be bound in heaven we can loose on earth and it'll be loosed in heaven we've rattled the cage so to speak of the enemy we've gotten his attention we've let him know that listen we're going to pray we're going to seek the faith of God and I, I want to tell you on Sunday morning I couldn't have been prouder there was moments I felt like uh, we could have easily just walked out the doors uh, could have just said okay we're going home but these young people and you you continue to worship uh, you continue to stay at these altars you say listen we're not having an ordinary service I don't have to get out at 12 o'clock today I don't have to make it to my favorite restaurant today I don't have to watch the game I, I don't have to go anywhere today because God I'm willing to do whatever you want to do and what I want you to know is the adversity that you have felt in the last few weeks is evidence that you have shaken the foundations of hell that the hell itself knows who you are I love the story in Acts chapter 19 where these, these men these seven sons of Sceva go to cast out a demon in the name of Jesus not even believing in Jesus and the demon spoke through the, the, the 
the man that it was in that he had possessed and the demon spoke to them and said Jesus I know and Paul I know but who are you I want you to know tonight I believe this in my heart I believe this in my spirit but hell knows who PTC Ministries is he knows what we're about he knows what we want he knows our agenda we're not hiding anything from him we want to tear down strongholds we want to take back lost loved ones that are backslidden and run away from the church we want to take back territory that we've lost we want to be influential in our schools and in our city we want to be influential in the government not not to say oh we're influential in the government no but to turn this city and this county and even this state and country around I want you to know that we have the attention of the enemy tonight but listen we we find Samson in this story Uh, sorry I chased the rabbit a little bit there but, but I feel that in my spirit but we find Samson in this story and, and, and he's in a very awkward situation he's in a very difficult predicament because he has no friends in this situation he has no, no one on his side in this situation it seems he has the Philistines saying listen we're coming here we've spread ourselves out because we're going to kill him for what he's done we're going to take him out for what he's done but then you have the men of Judah the 3,000 men of Judah which we know is symbolic the the people of Israel are symbolic of the church we have the men that that were okay with being captive we have the men we have the church that says we're okay with three songs and going home we're okay with with seeing or feeling a little bit of his presence every now and again and and just we'll just come back and hope it happens again we're okay with things how they are listen I've heard and I've listened to ministers that have said listen I'm okay with the shutdown man it gives me a break I don't have to preach as much. I don't have to do this as much. I don't have to do that as much. Man, I feel great. We can do this all the time. I wish I could just preach online all the time. And we have this. this, 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 And listen, I'm not condemning them, but I'm saying that there is a group in the American church still that says, now listen, you can't get get crazy like that. And and you can't shout like that. And you can't lay hands on Sister Dawn and see her healed. And and you can't have faith like that to see baby Lucy come home. And and you, you, you just you know that, that's enough you need to stop where you are do you not realize that the enemy's going to attack us for what you've done so Samson finds himself in a predicament where the enemy wants to kill him and his frenemies and the church wants to bind him the people he's done life with want to bind him the enemy wants to destroy him and the church wants to Say so now, now you contain him. You can't, you can't do that, Samson. You can't act that way. When the Spirit comes upon you, you can't do and operate in the power of God. And you say, man, I don't know anyone like that. I'm glad you don't. But there are people in the American church that are that way that will say, listen, you you can't do these things. I find it interesting in Mark chapter 5 as Jesus crossed over to the man of Gadara the Bible says that no man could tame him let, let me put some chains on you to keep you from hurting yourself. Let me, let me. They tried to medicate the problem. They tried to tame him. Listen, as everyone was trying to bind him up, Jesus was the only one that came to set him free. 
And this world would love nothing more in the church world, not the true church of God, but the church world would love nothing more than to bind you up and hand you over to the enemy and say, take them. We don't want a confrontation. We don't want a little rattling to take place. Garrett, I want you to come help me tonight. I want you to stand over here on my right. The Bible says... In Judges chapter 15 and verse 12, And they said unto him, We are come down to bind thee, that we may deliver thee into the hand of the Philistines. That word bind in the Hebrew means to put a yoke or burden on. We've come to make life hard for you, Samson. We've come to, to distract you a little bit. We've come to make life so busy that you can't can't make it to church. We've come to make your life so distracted and so busy that you're just swamped with homework and it's just impossible. We would like to, to, to put so much fear in your life that you'll never harass the enemy again. That you'll just let him go. And what we find here, and and just to relate it to the time we're in right now, and I know he looks funny, Jaden. He he looks weird, okay? It's whatever, okay? You can take pictures of him, post it, tag it in him, you know, tag him in it. It'd be great. People love it, okay? But but what I want to tell you tonight to relate it to where we are right now is the enemy would love through all the things of life uh, to get us so busy that we can't come to church, uh, that we can't pray, that we can't read. He, He would love. to to give us that spirit of fear to say now you don't step out that way you don't exhort that way it would have been so easy for brother Cameron just to tell me no tonight but he said listen I'm going to get over what I may feel or what I may think and I'm just going to share the word of God I'm just going to share a thought on my heart what he was saying is I refuse to let this world bind me this is a young man he's working he's going to college and he's doing student teaching all at the same time he's busy as me and you he's got things going on just like me or you but he said you know what I can give God some of my time I can do something we we can go through things in our family and they'll try to bind us up looks like I lost my tape no it's there we got family trials that go on the enemy would love in the season we're in is to use some sickness to hold you down and say listen now I'm going to place a burden on you you're too sick to do the things of God you know, you're, too, you're too weak to do the things of God and then we find that, that sin starts to creep in through temptation and we find that now that he's not only dealing with sin and he's not only dealing with temptation but now he's dealing with depression he's dealing with anxiety he's dealing with all these things going on in his life and he's just being bound up he don't even realize it but he's being bound up he's stressed out He doesn't realize why he feels this way. He doesn't realize why no one's on board with him. He doesn't realize why why 
his relationships are struggling. He don't realize why he's doubting himself. He doesn't realize why he's so tired. He doesn't understand why, God, what's going on in my life? And they came to Samson. They said, let us bind you. Let us put a yoke on your life. Let us put a burden on you so much that you pose no threat to the kingdom of darkness. That you can't operate in the spirit of God. We want to put the limits on you so you can't be used of God. They came and they said, listen, we're going to bind you. Put a yoke, a burden on you. And I will believe we're in a season where the Bible says in verse 13 of this chapter that they took a new, new cords. You may see something on here that you've never dealt with before. That word new, it simply means fresh. Something you've never deal, dealt with before now. This world is placed on your life. The enemy's still the enemy. The enemy still wants to kill, steal, and destroy. But the church and those that are complacent in God and this world system says, Now, I'm just going to keep him busy. So we can't rattle the cage of the enemy. Listen. We're in a time where we cannot afford to let the enemy dictate to us or the church, uh, the church culture, the church world we live in dictate to us what we should be doing or how we should be doing it. We're not in a time where we should allow people to put limits on us. Well, they shouldn't have praised like that. It's not your praise anyway, it's mine. I can praise like that because God delivered me like that. I can worship that way because that's the way God delivered me. I can pray for people that way because God delivered me from the same thing they're going through. I can, I can worship God and be exuberant and speak in tongues as the Spirit gives me utterance because I've been filled with something that I've never known before. And they're trying to put the limits on. What they're trying to do is to stop you from getting to the other side, from getting through the battle, from making it through the issues or the obstacle. The same thing happened to Peter. As he was following Jesus, Jesus says this in Luke chapter 22 and verse 31. It says, And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you, and that he may sift you as wheat. But listen, I want you to ca- I, I find this so powerful in the next verse. But I have prayed for thee. What that word prayed in the Greek means I have petitioned. I have made a request. I have beseeched the throne of God for thee that you would not fail. That your faith would not fail. He told them this. It doesn't matter what the world may try to do to you or the enemy may try to do to you. He said, I tell you this in John 16 and 33 so that you may have peace that I have overcome the world. You may think you're alone in this fight. You may feel lonely at night. You may feel all bound up. But I want to tell you and I want to preach and I want to prophesy to you tonight that there is victory on the other side side there is revival on the other side of this issue of this problem there's something that God wants to break out in your life
testimony. I'm more than a conqueror. I've been bought. I'm sold out to Jesus. I'm going forward with him. And you have to make up your mind that you will not limit the God in me. Let me tell you, church, the enemy may have his vices, but God has his heavenly devices. The enemy may want to stop what God's begun in your life like it tried to stop Samson. But you need to make up in your mind that you're going to be what 1 Corinthians 15 and 58 says. You can be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. And he says in that verse, if you won't faint, listen, you're going to reap. It's not, in, it's not in vain. Your work is not in vain. Your worship's not in vain. Your prayers are not in vain. Your fasting is not in vain. What we've worked for as a church the last few months over this summer and the unity's been in this house, I want to prophesy to you it's not in vain. The Word of God said it will not return void. It's not in vain. The promises you've received years ago, let me tell you, seeking and desiring those things, you're going to see them come to pass because you've stayed steadfast. You've been immovable. You've been always abounding in the work of the Lord. And let me tell you, it's not in vain. God is doing something in the hour that we're living in God is doing something in the hearts of these young people and I want to tell you tonight it doesn't matter who's against you because my Bible tells me if God is before me who can be against me Paul wrote to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 4 and verse 3 tells him, Now endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. But he says in verse 4, No man that warreth entangleth himself or binds himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. Listen, we're in a, a, a voting year, a big, big, big election year. But the enemy would love to get you all wrapped up in that. Young people, we're going back to school, and school's really different, and it's really weird than it's ever been. And the enemy would love nothing more than to stress you out so much that it binds you, that it cripples you. But I want to tell you, if you will endure hardness as a good soldier... And you'll be like Paul said to Timothy. said, I'm not going to entangle myself with the issues and the trials of this life. Because there's something on the other side. James tells us, opening up his book. In verse 2 he says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. Count it all joy. He's got temptation next to sin here. Count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. You say, how can that be joyful? And he's saying, you need to find joy in it because it's working patience. It's building your faith. And what he's really saying is, it is validation of the call of God on your life. The fact that the enemy wants to tempt you and turn you is the fact that he takes you as a threat to his kingdom. So young people, as pastor preached two weeks ago, 
We have to destroy the form. We have to break the mold. We have to break out. We can't be what everybody else wants us to be. We have to be who God says we are. But walking through this life, Amy will love nothing more than to place all these things on you. But don't let this world, don't let this life, don't let your flesh bind you up or place things on your life. Samson was bound and delivered to the Philistines. Bound and delivered. Signed, sealed, delivered to the Philistines. You can have him because we don't, we don't want to fight. We don't want the war. We just want to keep going like it is. They delivered him over. Say, what, what, where are you going with this, Pastor? It's when they delivered him over, something began to happen. Because, listen, the enemy may bind you up, try to think, put things on you. They bound his body up. But I heard a preacher bring this to, to, to the forefront of my mind. I'd never seen it before. He said, but listen, they forgot to cover his mouth. It's not recorded what Samson may have prayed or said or worshipped. We don't know what happened in that moment. But I do know this. In verse 14 it says, And when he came unto Lehi, the Philistines shouted against him. Oh, we got you now. We got you now. You're all bound up. But I don't know what it was that Samson may have prayed or sang or, or said in that moment. I don't know what it was. But this is what I do know. The Bible says that when they shouted against him. And the spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him. And the cords that were upon his arms became as flax and burned up with fire. What that means it became as linen. Something highly flammable. And the Holy Spirit said I refuse to let all these things dictate your life. You may be bound up but listen open your mouth and declare who you are who God says you are and as he became free the Holy Spirit moved mightily upon him. And what the what that word mightily means in the, in the Hebrew. I got to hang out okay what that word mightily in the Hebrew means it means to break out or to prosper or to push forward he said listen you may put all these things on my life but there's an anointing that God's placed on me there's a power that God's placed on me and the spirit of the Lord began to move upon him and he broke out he was he prospered he pushed forward and he picked up a fresh jawbone of a donkey. He picked up something new. He picked up a weapon he never knew before. I don't know what that means 
uh, but the Lord spoke to me and said, your young people are about to take hold of something they've never had before and they're going to begin to swing and they're going to begin to knock down strongholds. They're going to begin to cut down the enemy right where he stands and God is going to move upon them mightily and they're going to break out. They're going to prosper. They're going to push this church forward into the move of God. Why? Because there's something on the other side of this battle. There's something beyond the issue or the trial that I'm going through. Ah, there's something that God wants to do in my life. You say, what is that, Pastor? What is that something on the other side? The Bible tells us as he slew the thousand Philistines that he gets to the other side and now he has a thirst that he's never had before. And he says, God, I need to, I'm so thirsty. I desire even more of you. And the Bible says that the water, which is the spirit, came and his spirit, it moved upon him and brought life. It brought breath into him again. It brought wind into him again. And it revived him. You say, what does that mean? When these young people begin to pick up something new. And listen, I don't know what that looks like for them. But God just said they're going to use weapons in their arsenal. And they're going to know the word of God in a way that they've never known before. And they're going to begin to strike that enemy. And when they get on the other side, what's waiting there? The spirit of God is going to quench that thirst in your life. And he's going to revive. He's going to revive you. What I'm saying is on the other side of the battle is revival. Listen, what is it? It's revival. What is it? It's revival. It's something that we've never known before. It's something that we've never tasted of before. But if we will keep fighting, if we will keep pushing forward, my God's going to move. He's going to move mightily upon you. He's going to move mightily upon these young people. And you're going to see revival. You say, oh, but he was surrounded. My Bible tells me in Psalms 23 and 4 that, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. You say, oh, he was surrounded. Psalms 91 and verse 2 says, I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge. He is my fortress. My God and him will I trust. You say, oh, he was surrounded. Uh, he, he didn't know. He didn't know what was going to happen. But he knew God knew his name. He knew that God knew where he was. You say, how? Psalms chapter 9 and verse 10 and they that know the they that know thy name will put their trust in thee. For thou, O Lord, has not forsaken them that seek thee. Oh, he says in Psalms 3 and 3, but thou, O Lord, art a shield for me, my glory, and the lifter up of my head. Psalms 12 and verse 6 and 7 says, the words of the Lord are, as, are pure words as silver tried in the furnace. Earth purified seven times. Thou shalt keep them O Lord thou shalt preserve them for this generation forever God is placing something in your life that's been tried by the fire that's immovable that can't be taken out of you and he said it's for this generation it's for this group of young people here tonight the Lord tells us through David in Psalms 34 and 9 I sought the Lord and he heard me and he delivered me from all of my fears he delivered me from the bonds 
problems. He delivered me from the distractions. He delivered me from the sickness. He delivered me from the fear and anxiety. He delivered me from the depression. He delivered me oh, from the relationship. He delivered me from Facebook. Some of us need delivered from Facebook. He delivered me from the opinions that this world wanted to place on me. And he moved mightily upon me. And I broke out. I broke the mold. I destroyed the form and said, God, I'm not going to have church as usual. I'm not going to have a, just a, a normal relationship with you. But God, I'm going deeper. God, I'm going further. I'm going to push forward. I'm going to prosper. Not because I'm anything great, but the Lord, because your spirit is with me, upon me, and moving in me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. Bible says that those cords, they were thick. When you, when you do a word study, you find that those robes were not only new and fresh, but they were thick. There was no way they should have been broken. There was no way. Young people in this house tonight, you say, Pastor... I felt the Spirit of God if they'll come to the music tonight. I've felt the Spirit of God. I know He's been moving in my life. I have felt Him at these altars. And I believe almost all of you have. I think I'm safe to say that. Almost all of you have experienced something in these altars the last few months. But, but what I want to tell you is that thing that still lingers. I don't know who this is for. That thing that still lingers on your life, it seems thick, it seems unbreakable. It seems unbeatable. But listen, God said, if you will come forward tonight, you will lift up your hands, you will lift up your head, and you'll begin to magnify Him and thank Him for the other side even before you're there. Praise Him like you're already through the battle, like you've already won, and like He's already on the other side, and revival's coming to your life. If He said, if you will praise and you will worship me that way, that thing that seems so thick, that thing that seems so unbreakable in your life young person and this might even be for an adult in the house he said listen that thing that seemed unbeatable I'm going to move upon you tonight and you're going to break forth you're going to break out you're going to be free and you're going to fight and you're going to win not because not because of anything you've done other than to surrender to his will and he said I have the anointing and I will destroy the yoke I have the spirit and I'm going to move and I have the ability to destroy and to kill what the enemy has tried to place on your life so you have to come you have to come boldly the Bible says that our main text tonight when the Holy Spirit burned the cords off of his life the Bible records records this in verse 14 and the cords that were upon his arms became as flax that was burnt with fire 
and these bands loosed from off his hands. That's powerful to me. That his bands were loosed from off of his hands. Why is that powerful? Because Jesus told the disciples, you shall lay hands on the sick and see them recover. You see the hand, Jaden, it's what touches the life. We know what the Bible says that, listen, you should gather the elders. Let them lay hands on you and pray the prayer of faith. There's power in the hand. And the story of Esther, for her to survive going into the throne room, he had to stick forth that scepter that he held in his hand. That was the authority of the kingdom, and it was held in his hand. There's authority in your hands, young people, adults. And you don't realize that the, the bonds are not only affecting your life, but they're affecting the life that you could touch. Does that make any sense to anybody? Because if I can't move my hands, I, I can't pray the depression right out of Cameron's life. I, you say, well, you, you can just pray. God's not limited to time or space. Yeah, yeah, but there's power in laying on of hands. You say, but I'm bound up. It's, you know, it's, it's my problem. It's only my problem. Yeah, but it's preventing you from ministering and, and holding that person in your arms and wrapping your arms around them and say, listen, I was there too, but God brought me out. The Bible says it loosed off of his hands. Because if he didn't have his hands, he could never pick up the instrument of victory. He could never picked it up if he didn't have his hands, Maddie. Could have never done it. If he didn't have his hands. The Bible tells me in Acts chapter 28, Paul's on the island of Malta. He's picking up sticks. And you say, what does that have to do with this? But a viper bit his hand. world, the enemy wanted his hands Brother Steve people's like, oh he's a murderer, he thought he escaped and he's going to die, well he never died and the same hand that was bit by a snake is the same hand that went to the chief of the island and laid hands on him and said be made whole there's power in your hands young people saying all this to get to this one point the battle that some of you young people are facing right now it's getting crazy your life's getting crazy you know I, Carly I'm going to use you as an example here college you were really like I don't know about this and 
especially when they said, you know, we're, we're going to do mostly online. You know, there for a while she didn't think she was going to have one in-person class. And the enemy would have loved to throw some minds on her. And say, you know, you see, you're in a new season. And life's just too busy and too stressful. You can't focus on the things of God anymore. I'm sure she's been stressed out because she's told me she's been stressed out. She's never missed a service since she started. And you know why that is, Brother Chris? Listen, I'm just going to speak for her. She's never told me this because what's happening in here and in here is more important. Not, not that she can't have good grades and not that she don't want to succeed in, in her personal life. Yeah, but she knows if she gets it right in here, all that other stuff will be taken care of. These young people have sought, and I was using Carly as an example, but you young people have, have determined in your life that we're going to be in the house of God. Why? Because what's happening in here, what's happening in my life, what God is breaking off of me is more important than anything I can do in my own power in this world. And, and what you don't even realize, this is a Holy Ghost setup, and God has brought you to this place, and there's a battle going on for your mind right now there's a battle going on for your mind the enemy would love to distract you and to steal you and to take you away from the things of God there's a battle going on for your heart son there's a battle going on for your life and for your soul but I want to tell you tonight that you can leave this place you can leave the house of God with the spirit moving mightily upon you and rejuvenating and restoring you and refreshing you and you won't be weary you won't be tired you won't be sick and of all the things going on in your life you won't be depressed you won't be stressed out but you'll say God there's revival there's revival on the other side of this battle I, I, if I have to kill 10,000 demons if I have to face the devil himself I've got the weapon of choice God has put it there for me I'm going to swing I'm going to fight I'm going to worship I'm going to pray I'm going to fast I'm going to pursue the things of God that word mightily break, break out prosper God wants to prosper you but this is what I really want to get to you tonight it means push forward One on 1,000. One on 1,000. Not good odds, Pastor. But he's lucky. Or he's fortunate. He's blessed. That it was written before Samson was ever on the earth that one can put 1,000 to flight. But two can put 10,000. He knew he had confidence. These binds can't hold me. The same Spirit of God that you felt move on you before. He says, I want it to remain on you. I never want it to be lifted. I want it to remain on you. You see, because in the, in the Old Testament, the Spirit moved upon them. But in the New Testament, the Spirit moved within them. So if you stand across this house, young people, I'm going to call you forward again. Spread out. You say, we've been prayed for more in a month than we've been prayed for in our entire life. 
I don't know what to tell you. I got to obey the Lord, okay? Because you see TJ. God says, no, there's a, there's a Samson here. You say, oh, well, that Samson failed. No, 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 no. Listen, listen, I want, you, I want you to catch this. Samson was an instrument. Samson was the reason the Philistines couldn't just have their way with the Israelites. Samson was the judge. I'm not saying, oh, you know, that, that means you get to judge everybody. No, that means he had authority. Samson dealt with great trials and struggles in his life. But with his dying breath, he would say, God, one more time. this group right here all those things that were all over my buddy Garrett tonight they can be burned off the Bible says the spirit of the Lord came upon him and they became like something highly flammable and they were burned off What I want to tell you tonight is he may burn it off, but that's okay. He may burn off things that you want to hold on to because it keeps you safe, it keeps you comfortable. You may want to hold on to comfort itself and contentment, but he wants to burn it off you. Why? Because the battle that you're facing, you can't carry any of that into it. He's got something new for you to use, but you need your hands. No matter what it is, no matter what you're facing, He wants to remove it from your life. Why? So you can lead people in worship. So you can talk to that person that sits next to you at school. So you can teach and be a light in a dark place. Why? So you can go on that college campus and shine. Take up what God is placing in your life. I don't know what it is. Take up what God's placing in your life. Swing. Give Him all you have. You swing all the time. You swing that tennis racket every day of the week, don't you? You're ready. You can swing some more. I've talked to you. You want revival. It's on the other side. The valley that you may feel in between Sunday and Wednesday and Wednesday and Sunday, the valleys and the lows you may feel, keep walking. Because on the other side of this, of this battle, there's a reviving that's going to take place. Push forward. Church, I want you to stretch your hands this way. If you have a child up here, I want you to come. Stand behind them. I know I do this a lot but because we're families here. If you have a child, stand behind them. Please come. Stand behind them. If you have a grandchild, stand behind them. If 
there's someone not represented by a parent, they're here on their own. Stand behind them. Whatever it is, son. He said, I'm, I'm willing to pull it off right now. There's a mighty man in here. There's a leader in here. God said, you've been promoted in, in the things of this world. You've been honored in the things of this world. And that's great. He said, but that's, that's a foreshadowing of, of the promotion that he wants to bring forth in your spiritual life. He said, I'm ready to pull it down. I'm ready to tear it off. I'm ready to burn it up. Tonight's the night. Oh, tonight's the night. Begin to pray for these young people, church. Tonight's the night. You say, I haven't felt God in a long time, preacher. I feel like everybody else has felt Him but me. Listen, tonight's the night. Tonight's the night for freedom. This world's come to bind you up, but Jesus has come to set you free and to make you free indeed. Tonight's the night as you step out, as you push forward. Revival's coming. It's a breath away. It's a breath away. Revival's coming. It's a breath away. You keep fighting. You keep fighting. You keep pressing. You keep coming when you're tired. You keep coming when you're weary. Oh, you go to the room. Oh, when you're busy, when you're overwhelmed, you continue to step out. You continue to prepare yourself in the Word of God. You take up you take up the new thing, Carly Cavins. You take up the new thing. You take up the new thing. Oh, you swing. You study. You fight. You pray. You lead. Take up the new thing. Oh, Oh, Hallelujah. Greetings, everyone. Pastor Ron, just coming on to say thank you for joining us today. I do pray that we was a blessing to you. And I invite you to continue to follow us on Facebook, Instagram. I invite you to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, please do that. Uh, we would be appreciative of that. But just thank you for joining us today. I do pray that the blessings of the Lord would be upon you and yours. God bless you.